0: Hey, 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 welcome back to the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since I've done one of these, been busy with some schoolwork and also... One of the cords for my podcast, mic like, broke, so I had to kind of, you know, r- move it around, try to figure it out and fix it, and get that going it took me a little bit. But I'm here, and I'm back, and I'm ready to go. However, this podcast, NFL, nope, we're talking NBA basketball here. And don't forget, for those of you who said, or are thinking, well, I mean, you've been NFL the first few weeks, yeah, but I did say, hey, once the NBA season comes around, we talk NFL And NBA so here I am with the NBA now season starts tomorrow be ready for it Raptors Pelicans first game of the season (laughs) gonna gonna be an interesting one um you know initially they scheduled that game and you were thinking you're gonna have guys like a Kawhi and a Zion matchup but obviously Kawhi left and Zion's hurt so unless you're a Pelicans or a Raptors fan Not really sure how many views it's going to get. I mean, it'll be a popular game, obviously, because it's the first game of the NBA season. But the guys that they originally thought were going to be there, not going to be there. But, I mean, it'll be fun. Watch zo 2 Brandon Ingram on their new teams. You know, they got J.J. Reck with the Pelicans. And then the Raptors just recently signed uh, Spicy P. Pascal Siakam to that contract extension. So, it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. And the late night game, Clippers-Lakers... We all know how explosive that's going to be. But for you today, this is my NBA Season Preview Podcast. So what I'm going to do for you here is I'm going to give you the lowdown of my prediction for the top eight teams from both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. And once I give that to you, I'll give you my prediction for the NBA Player Awards, you know, your typical Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, Sixth Man, all those player awards. And at the very end... I will give you my prediction for who I think will be in the NBA Finals. And after that, who I think will win the NBA Finals. So without further ado, let's jump right to it with our season preview podcast. And for me, I'm going to give you the lowdown one through eight. So I'm going to start with who I think will be the number one seed in the Western Conference. And for me, personally, L.A. Clippers. Yup. The Clippers. That's who I have as the one seed. Starting line. Now. Tomorrow night. The starting the start of the season. Paul George is out with an injury. Who knows how much that will affect the team. Or how long. Don't think it's a long term injury. So I think that. You know. He'll be, he'll be fine with it. I'm just getting some rest. Because. They need him for the postseason. And the length of the season. So you're not going to rush him back for the first game of the season. You can lose one or two. I mean. It's not going to kill you. But. With him out, that means Jermichael Green will be the starting power forward. But let's not act like this team is going to be missing, like, one star guy and it's going to hurt them. They got Zubac as the center. Then, obviously, Landry Shaman and Patrick Beverly as your starting guards. And then, yup, Kawhi Leonard as their small forward. One of the biggest moves of the offseason was Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers. There was a lot of talk about whether or not he was going to stay in Toronto. And the feeling was that he was going to leave, which he did. And people thought that LeBron was going to be able to recruit him to the Lakers. That failed. He wanted to play for the other LA team, and the Clippers. And all along, he wanted to play with Paul George. That that night, that was just a crazy night. I mean, it was such a Kawhi Leonard move to announce it like late in the night. Now, over on the East Coast, it was about two a.m. when I was, you know, I was on my phone late night just getting some updates, and I see, whoa, signs with the Clippers. I was like, oh, I, all right. There there you go. There's his pick. Then you keep refreshing your feed. You know, you keep checking Wojnowski's tweets and stuff. And then, boom, Paul George traded to the Clippers. And you're like, what in the world? Like, out of nowhere, you thought he was going to be OKC long term. He wanted to stay there. He signed there as opposed to a big market team. And then, boom, trade to the Clippers. I mean, blew my mind that he got traded to the Clippers. But those two are there. Their backups aren't. I mean, their backups is they got a respectable second team. I mean, obviously Jermichael Green starting for Paul George, but Jermichael Green will essentially be their backup. Manchas Harrell will be at center. They got Mo Harkless to come in. Jerome Robinson and Roddy McGruger will be competing, and then Lou Williams as you know their go-to guy off the bench, who really he, he's technically a sixth man because of his when he come because of the fact that he comes off the bench and his position with the team. However. The guy gets in like the mid to late twenties per game, so he really plays starter like minutes, which I always find kind of funny, because it's like they they really like they want him to win the award, it seems, so like they they just tell him, hey, sit the bench, a couple mids in, come in, and then just go play as much as you can. Oh, and quick note, all of these starting lineups and bench guys that I got, the lineups are all provided by lineups.com. Go check them out they got all the different lineups and depth charts for all the sports and their personal ratings of players on a scale from 0 to 100 about where they think they'll rank in terms of their playing abilities. For instance, I saw that like Giannis was like a 97, something like that, and a lot of the bench guys ranked in the 70s. So go check out lineups.com. Great website if you want to know who is the starting lineup for any team of any sport and who they think will be on the depth chart and where on the depth chart. Great website. Go check it out. So that is my one sheet. I have it in the Clippers. I have them being 54-28. and The team that I have being the 2-seed, I also have them being 54-28. and and That's the Denver Nuggets. And listen, the Denver Nuggets, really, really solid team. Like, really solid team. And they, I don't want to say easily, but they really, they they could snag that 1-seed position if they fight hard enough. And if they, say that they play a game against the Clippers and the Clippers were supposed to win or it's at LA, something like that, well, if the Nuggets play their best or maybe there's an injury that the Clippers weren't expecting, something like that, Nuggets winning an extra game against the Clippers, flip those roles, Nuggets could be the one seed. I'm not going to count them out. And their starting lineup really it's oh, I would say for as good as it is, it's kind of an underrated lineup. I mean, you talk about them and they're like, "Oh, you got Nikola Jokic, who by the way, GM's voted 48%, best center in the league. Don't know if I could agree with that. I think I'd put Joel Embiid above him. But I'm not an NBA GM. They voted on it as Jokic is the best center in the league. And then, I mean, the line really is underappreciated. Jamal Murray plays really well. He can shoot the ball well. I really like Jamal Murray. Paul Millsap, he's getting up there in age. But he is a respectable power forward. He's respected around the league for the way that he plays. And then Gary Harris and Will Barton are two guys that really can play well. And, I mean, they, there have been times where those guys can heat up. They'll hit a couple threes here. They'll play well in defense. So, Denver Nuggets, really solid team. Their bench, I think that their bench could be one of the better benches in the Western Conference. They got Jeremy Grant to come over in a trade, and then they acted. I mean, their draft class is kind of, I mean, I don't know. Bow I just like the story of Bow but I don't think he's going to get a lot of playing time, if any, with the Nuggets this year. I really like Michael Porter Jr. a lot. This is his second year in the league, but this will count as his rookie season because he was out all last year with an injury. Mason Plumlee, at times, has been a really, really respectable backup to Jokic. Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, all these guys make for the Denver Nuggets to be a really solid, respectable two-seed in the Western Conference who could come out of the Western Conference to play in the finals if they are to reach their full potential. I really like them as a team. And then the three seed for me, out of them being 53-29, and so just one game under the top two seeds, and I might get a lot of hate from this because I know a lot of my friends disagree with me. I have the Houston Rockets. Listen, I am a huge fan of the Rockets. I absolutely loved the Russell Westbrook trade for the Rockets. Pairing him back with James Harden, I know that Russell Westbrook has gotten his hate in the past, I know his three-point shooting percentage isn't the best. And people say that he's just out there stat-padding. Which, I mean, with the team that he had since KD left, you can't really blame him. He did as much as he could. I really, really like Harden and Westbrook being back together. The Rockets have a really solid team around them. Clint Capella as their center. I think he could step it up a little bit more from where he was. He's got that big contract. But, I mean... He, he, will, he will play hard, and he will be a good player for them. And, again, these are the lineups per, uh, according to lineups.com. So, they got P.J. Tucker being the small forward, who is one of the better defenders, I personally think. He's a really solid defender. He can lock guys down. And they have Danwell House being the power forward starter. As for whether or not that's going to be accurate, I don't know. It might be, but who knows. And then their bench... I and mean, they got Tyson Chandler, Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, Gary Clark, and then Eric Gordon, who really could be a starter on most teams, but said that he's willing to accept the bench role with the Rockets, which, I mean, hey, you'll take a guy like Eric Gordon off your bench. If he accepts that role and plays it and is okay with it, then there you go. He's on second team. He can shoot the three ball. He's capable of catching on fire for the Rockets. So I have them being 53-29 and 29 with the three seed. Don't sleep on them. I understand that people are constantly on Twitter and trolling about how they're going to be fighting over the last shot, Harden and Westbrook, and that they're going to be you know constantly at each other, and there's not enough ball for them to go around. And so, I think that early on in the season, they're gonna they're gonna have their flaws. Every team has their flaws. I think the Rockets early on will have their flaws, and people will slam them and say, "Oh, this trade's not going to work," and they they really shouldn't have done this. It's experience a failure. But I think that right around you know mid to late December, they'll really start to come together and just start showing out and balling out and do their thing and that they're really going to be a solid team. So I do really like the Rockets as a three seed. And then as the four seed behind them is where I have the Los Angeles Lakers at 52 and 30. And yes, I understand that the Lakers have LeBron and they got AD and they got all these stars. But listen, I... If you know me, I am not. I don't want to say I'm a LeBron James hater, but I'm not the biggest fan of the guy. Uh, I still think Michael Jordan is the GOAT, will always be the GOAT, but that's a discussion for another time. But the Lakers, they do. I mean, listen, could they be the one seed? Oh, yeah. This team, if they catch fire early and if they all come together and play hard and play up to their expectations, the Lakers easily could be the one seed in the West. I have them being the seed at 52 and 30, Obviously, you got LeBron James as their, like, that is their guy. People are picking him to be MVP. I've seen picks for MVPs differing between LeBron and Anthony Davis, which, listen, I'm sorry, but if you play with LeBron James, and this isn't, like, a knock on LeBron James, because, I mean, I could say other things about him, like, his Finals record and stuff, but I'm not going to bring that up. But when you play with a guy like LeBron James... Chances are, if someone on the team is going to be in the MVP, it's going to be LeBron James. It's not going to be one of the guys around him. Not a knock on him. His passing is still exceptional. Still super athletic. He plays hard. I mean, he is. He's, may be still the best player in the league. Uh, that is a debate that many people have all the time about whether it's him or Giannis or other guys around the league. But So, according to Lamps.com, their starting lineup projections to be LeBron James... Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, and Avery Bradley. Which, if you're even just, like, a casual NBA fan, like, you know, you don't have a diehard team when you're not, like, dying to watch every game, there's... You may know in the 3-5 to five player range in that starting lineup. I mean, they're all big... Obviously, you're going to know LeBron. You're going to know Anthony Davis. Chances are you'll know and Danny Green, Avery Bradley up in the air, but... I mean, that's a, that's a really... You you give that lineup like two or three years ago, one seed, no doubt. No doubt one seed. That was a lineup three to four years ago, something like that. And their bench, bench is respectable. I mean, they got a lot of names on the bench. Whether or not they'll all play up to their full potential, that's to be seen. You got Dwight Howard getting his second chance in L.A. with the Lakers. They got Quinn Cook to come over from Golden State. Kyle Kuzma... I think Kyle Kuzma is the interesting piece here. Now, right now, he does have an injury, so he's going to be out. But, to me, he's an interesting piece. Because I think that he is a starter. And, whether or not he says that he's okay with accepting the bench role, I mean, anybody, when you play the team with LeBron, you'll say, oh, yeah, I'm fine with playing the bench if that's what LeBron wants, and, you know, whatever is best for the team. But, when you're a young guy as talented as Kyle Kuzma, are you really okay with it? I mean, are really... If you don't win the finals this year, if you don't go to the finals this year, and he's riding the bench the whole season, I, I personally would now want out. I'd be like, listen, I'm not going to ride the bench for a team that can't make the finals and be as young and talented as I am. Like, I want out. Either make me a starter or I want out. So I think Kuzma is a really interesting piece here. They did get Boogie Cousins, but he's probably going to be out for the year with an injury. Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo, Jared Dudley. So they got all these big-name guys on their bench. Whether they'll be able to play and really work hard on the second team, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting season for both the LA teams, for both the Clippers and the Lakers. And then obviously in the past the Golden State Warriors have been dominant, but I have them as the 5-seed here, which is I mean, for some people that might seem too high. For some people might seem too low. I think this is perfectly where we should place them. I got them 51-31 and 31 in the 5-seed and they're Right now, I, I really I I'm not sure what their plan is in terms of starters. I did my research and everything, and the best I could find was that their starting big men will be Draymond Green and Collie Stein. Kali Stein is injured and questionable. They got Kavon Looney, not sure who else. I mean, they might start Eric Pascal or Spellman, maybe. Not sure what they'll do there. Um, a little bit up in the air. Obviously, they still have Steph Curry, maybe the greatest shooter of all time. He had, obviously, 400 threes a few seasons ago. And the really, really, I think, interesting piece here for the Warriors is D'Angelo Russell. I think that that was one of the more intriguing moves in the offseason. Now, if you're a Warriors fan, if anybody really knows NBA, Clay Thompson is out. And his dad said until at least March. Could be a lot longer. I mean, his dad said, hey, listen, if the guy needs to take a full season off in order to, you know, preserve the rest of his career, he's going to do it. And so I wouldn't count on Klay Thompson playing this year. If he does, it'll be great. It'll be a phenomenal story. It'll be, you know, he's always a fun guy to watch. 14 threes in the one half, and it'll be be a good story for him. But I would not count on Klay Thompson coming back this year, which is a real shame. And so I think that the D'Angelo Russell move was really just kind of like an insurance policy. Like, hey, listen, we'll take D'Angelo Russell for this year. See how he plays. He's going going to light it up for them. Because there's going to be games where Steph Curry isn't going to play or he'll be out, maybe injured. Or if Steph Curry's not playing really well, then D'Angelo Russell will step up for them. And that is something that will be fun to watch. It's not going to be as fun as, as Steph and Clay. But it'll be close because they both can shoot the three-ball really well. So, Warriors, interesting team here. Their bench is just like a mess of guys. I mean, Jacob Evans, Glenn Robinson, Jordan Poole, Pascal, Spellman. Who knows with his team? Obviously, KD leaving was the biggest move of the season. And they bring in D'Angelo Russell. Clay Thompson most likely out for the year. You still got Draymond Green. He's going to get his technicals. He's going to get the occasional triple-double. And so, Golden State, I, I don't... I'm not going to spoil my finals prediction, but I can tell you that I'm not as high on them this year as in past years and for the right reason. So for the sixth seed now for the West, I got the Utah Jazz being 49-33. and 33. And I, this might be a little high, personally. I think people are too, I, I don't know the right word, but uh, maybe too optimistic about the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, they got a good team. They got a solid team around them. Their bench is okay, but, I mean, you got Gobert, who will be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year almost every year of his prime. They brought in Mike Conley, who can ball out. I mean, Mike Conley, he's getting up there in age, but the dude can ball out. So don't sleep on Mike Conley playing well for the Jazz. And they brought in Bogdanovich, and Jeff Green as their small slash power forward. It'll be between him and Bogdanovich for who plays what position, but Jeff Green most likely will be the power forward. And then the ever talked about Donovan Mitchell, who can really he can do it almost all on the court. Donovan Mitchell is a interesting player. He's a fun guy to watch. He he is very capable of dropping forty to fifty on a night if he can catch fire. His three point shooting is off and on and it's definitely talked about a lot when it comes out, it's like one night he could hit seven or eight threes, the next night he could shoot seven or eight percent from threes. So but but all around the Jazz, there'll be a and Utah Jazz is a team that's I mean it's a weird market because I mean think about it. how many teams are in Utah I don't know the Jazz I mean when you talk about sports in you even if you talk about Utah first thing that comes to my mind is the Jazz like I can't think of any other interesting reason I mean you're skiing but the Utah Jazz their bench Joe Ingles will be coming off the bench this year. Ed Davis, Royce O'Neal, Tony Bradley is a guy who I think left college too early and now he's just going to be a rotation player for the rest of his career, Dante Exum, but did bring in Emmanuel Moutier, I mean, Moutier is respectable, he's not going to be anything that's going to make you go, wow, so I do think that the Jazz, interesting team as the sixth seed, and I got them 49-33, I think they'll be the sixth seed, probably a first-round exit this year in the playoffs. I don't think that's gonna be anything that you're gonna. But I think that they'll put up a fight. Like I think that the Jazz are a team that could could like lose to somebody like the Knicks or the Hornets, and you're like, oh, this team is terrible. But then go out and put up a fight and maybe even beat like the Lakers or Clippers. You're like, oh, this team is actually looking pretty good. So I think that they're gonna be up and down this year and really middle of the pack, and they they'll squeak by in the playoffs and probably a first round exit. Below them is a team that. I I, I don't know where I want to, to rank them. This is a hard choice for me, but I had them as a 7th seed. That's the Portland Trailblazers. 47-35 and 35 is what I think their record will be at the end of the season. And they, they're, just, they're such a complicated team. Because obviously you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who night in and night out will be one of the best duos in the league. And then... At the center position could be interesting because you got Hassan Whiteside and Zach Collins. But that's only because Nurkic is out for a few months. And so when he comes back, i are seen rumors that Hassan Whiteside could be traded. And Whiteside's really obviously, I think the past couple years, has been on a decline and people have talked about him less and less. And I, I think it was a good change of scenery for him to go to Portland. But I don't know if he'll make it the whole season in Portland. But that's later on in the season around trade deadline. Maybe something talked about. But Portland is a team... I mean, obviously last year they were shocking a lot of people. Damon Laird had that shot that really blew up OKC. I mean, Westbrook trade and Paul George trade and guys leaving Jeremy Grant. So all of that, his buzzer being shot, blew up OKC. But just there's something about them where you just you feel like, oh, like they'll play well, but I don't think they're going to get to the finals because the West is so... St- like. Their year to make the finals really was last year. I mean, Western Comets finals with a team in the Warriors that was looking okay at the time. They weren't looking their best. Last year was really their year to get to the finals. And this year, it's only gotten harder. The West has gotten teams to get stronger. And there's still hope in Portland because they have a good team. And the guys that are coming off their bench, well, they'll, they'll be okay. I mean, Mario Hazonia, Kent Bazemore, Obviously, when Nurkic comes back, probably Zach Collins will come off the bench, maybe Hassan Whiteside. Uh, Nasir Little is a rookie from UNC, who I don't know how much time he'll get this year, but in the future, that guy is going to be special. I think he was the steal of this year's draft. So, they have a team there, and a team that, I mean, they could, uh, let's say that they do make the playoffs, and they end up playing the Nuggets again in the playoffs, they they could take the Nuggets to seven, and maybe, maybe shock the world and beat the Nuggets in the first round. But after that, I think that that would be their like limit. Like I think that the roof for this year for the Portland Trailblazers is the second round of the playoffs. Me personally, now people may have them being higher or lower. The Jazz, the the Jazz and Trailblazers will be battling back and forth. I ultimately had the Jazz beating them out by a couple games, but Portland could be in that sixth seed. And you know, play other guys. So it will be a fun season for Portland. They're always going to be a fun team as long as Damian Lillard is on the court. They're going to be a fun team to watch, and because Lillard is a guy who really, I mean, he he lights it up. He's a rap artist, Dame Dala. If you want to go check him out on uh, SoundCloud and Spotify and go see what he's capable of doing there, but on the court, and McCollum is a is still, in my opinion, he's still kind of underrated a tiny bit. I don't want to say he's fully underrated because people do talk about him, but he can be underrated at times. If Florida goes cold, TJ McCollum is a guy who can pick him up. So Portland Trailblazers, 7th seed. The eight seed in the West is where I think I took the longest during my research to really look deep and to think, who is going to get this last spot? Because there's about three or four teams that I think at the end of the day could be battling for that eight seed. Who did I give it to? Drum roll. Dallas Mavericks. Yes, I gave the eight seed to the Dallas Mavericks this year, finishing with a forty-three and thirty-nine record. I really like this Mavericks team. I think Kristaps Porzingis is going to come back off of his injury and play exceptionally well, and I think he's going to be back into his old New York Knicks form, maybe even possibly better because he's got a better team around him. And then the other guys that stars are respectable. Dwight Powell is a respectable player. Tim Hardaway Jr. is capable of hitting shots here and there when you need him to. Delon Wright, he can shoot the ball enough to get you by and to get you you know, keep you alive in some games. And then last year's rookie sensation, Luka Doncic, who is night in and night out gonna do everything for this team play hard, he's always smiling, which I love about him, I mean, this guy will, like, be hitting these tough shots, these difficult moves, you know, dunking on people, doing all this stuff, and he's got a smile on his face the whole time, the whole time, the dude's just smiling, and so, and their bench, their bench could keep them afloat in some games, Justin Jackson, a UNC product, shoot the three ball really well, Dorian Finney-Smith, Bobar Marjanovic came over from the Philadelphia Sixers, who, He's not always gonna give you the best of time, and like he can't give you 30, 35 minutes a night, but he can give you, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, and can put a couple guys on poster, get some rebounds, and he has shot him a few three balls. We even saw him in the preseason; he hit a three, so that's something to watch out. And Seth Curry, Courtney Lee, J.J. Barea has been there for a while, so this Dallas Mavericks team is a team that could sneak into the, the eight seed, and. It, it was a tough choice, because you have them, and then I think that really it's going to be between them, the Spurs, because you never want to count the Spurs out, I think that they got a good team, but I, I don't know if they have a top eight team, which would be really, really weird to see Popovich out of the playoffs, and then the New Orleans Pelicans, which is a team that, I, I just, I don't know, there's a lot of questions there, Will Lonzo and Ingram be able to play well together in the new place? Will J.J. Reddick's three ball continue to fall? Will Zion Williamson be able to play the whole season once he comes back from his first injury? Is his weight going to be an issue? At the center position, how's, how is Derek Favors going to do? Is Jaleel Okafor going to be able to back him up? Or is Jackson Hayes going to shock the world and come in and show some people what he can do? The product out of Texas. So, it, it's the eight seed in the West is going to be a fun battle but ultimately, I had the Mavericks getting that eight seed because I do really like Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis playing together. So that is my Western Conference pre- uh, playoff spot predictions. Sorry for the noise, just me shifting around some of my notes. But that is who I have in terms of the Western Conference, their record, their lineups, where I think they'll be, a couple of guys to watch per team. So now let me move into my Eastern Conference standing predictions. And I... Have had a tough time deciding between one and two, because I think that it will be a really good battle between one and two, the whole season. But ultimately, I have the Philadelphia 76ers being the one seed in the Eastern Conference this year. I have them reaching that 60 win mark, just beating there at 60 and 22 this year. They may have the best starting lineup in the league. Really, they got definitely got the tallest starting lineup in the league. That is for sure. But you got Joel Embiid, who may be the best center in the league. Ben Simmons, who his only question mark in his game has been his jump shot. In the preseason, we did see him hit that three. If you're a Sixers, excuse me, if you are a Sixers fan, you know that shot. As soon as he hit that shot, place with nuts. I saw the next day the picture of him going up for that three on t-shirts. I mean, it was like an emotional moment the city of philadelphia to see ben simmons hit the three and then he you know he's hit a couple of shots his fadeaway looked a little bit nicer than it did last year so if his jump shot is there watch out because he he could be an mvp discussions and that is not a joke if his jump shot is there they were able to retain tobias harris with that big contract that they gave him and then their biggest loss was losing jimmy butler but they traded him and they were able to get josh richardson who is one of the better two-way players in the league and he came into the city. He's loving the city. Josh Richardson plays well. He can shoot the three ball. He's not going to give you like the Jimmy Butler like back-to-back, step-back, game-winning shot. He's not going to give you that. But he can shoot the three ball exceptionally well. His defensibility is amazing. And then one of their better, I think, all-around players that they have is Al Horford, who they got from the Celtics. And Al Horford, let me tell you, he's like the one guy... Who knew how to slow down Joel be in the playoffs. And the Sixers got him. Which really begs the question. Who's going to stop him now. In the Eastern Conference. And that's to be seen. Because the guy who knew how to stop him the best. Is now playing alongside him. And the thing that really helps with that signing. Is that Joel Embiid's is not going to play the whole season. He's just not going to give you a full season of games. And that's where Al Horford can step in. And be the starting center. So now they have a respectable guy to start at center when Joel couldn't which is what they really struggled with last year. And their bench, they have a it's probably not the best bench in the league, but it's better than last year's. They got Kyle Quinn who will, you know, those nights where Joel's off he'll get a lot of minutes. Mike Scott who's really embraced the city of Philadelphia. They got James Ennis who's a solid defender. Trey Burke as their backup point guard most likely. And then their first-round pick, Matisse Thybul, who is one of the better defenders, maybe the best defender in the draft, showed it certainly in the preseason when he's able to do defensively. And the guy can shoot the three-ball. He's not like a Steph Curry shooting the three, but you don't want to leave him open because he can stroke that. And he, the city of Philadelphia loves this guy. He, he could be a dark horse for Rookie of the Year just on his defense alone. So watch out. And he's always smiling, and so he's just a guy that the city of Philadelphia is going to love. So I got the Sixers being the one seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of 60-22. And, and right behind them is a team that is who I was debating between 1 and 2. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks. I have the Milwaukee Bucks being 58-24. and 24, So a couple games behind the Sixers, but they very, very easily could be the one seed. Sixers could have some injuries here and there, could struggle. And... The Milwaukee Bucks' starting lineup is a really, um, I'm trying to think of the word. They they could shoot the lights out. Like They got four guys who can shoot the three ball, and if Giannis's three ball can fall more, they got five guys who really can shoot that. I mean, Eric Bledsoe has been a solid player his whole career. He hasn't been like an all-star, but he hasn't been a bust or a guy that you brush to the side because he can really play. Chris Middleton got his money that he deserved. He's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Wesley Matthews is their, gonna, is their projected starting shooting guard who can play both ways. And then Brooke Lopez, who, I mean, out of the blue just last year, was hitting three-point shots, like, like literally like Steph Curry. Like he was stepping back, fading away, hitting tough three-point shots, and this guy couldn't shoot the three-ball to save his life in his career. And in one offseason, just changed that. And it was really... Fun to watch a guy like Brook Lopez shoot the three ball. And obviously, Giannis coming in, maybe the best player in the league. The three ball is something that I would really like to see him shoot more. I'd like to see a more consistent three-point shot from Giannis. Obviously winning MVP, but he's only going to get better. He's still considered a younger guy in the league. Their bench, um, let's see, their bench it's it's there. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, the Villanova standout in the March Madness tournament, Pat Connaughton, who could play well. They we got DJ Wilson. They did get Kyle Korver, and Kyle Korver was deciding between the Bucks and the Sixers. So it'll be interesting to see if he's got, like, a deciding factor, like if his three ball is the downfall of the Sixers. If he went to the Sixers, I think the Sixers would be a virtual lock to come out of the Easter Conference. But Kyle Corver chose the Bucks. Be interesting to see there. And backing up Brook Lopez will be his brother, Robin Lopez, and Ersan Ilyasova, who just takes charges left and right and is willing to throw his body out there for anything. So watch out for the Bucks. Bucks could be a scary team this year. I have them as the two seed, but could they be the one seed? Oh, yeah, they could be the one seed. Could the Sixers have their struggles? Yes, the Sixers could have their struggles. They have certain struggles every year. So, watch out for the Bucks. And I've gotten a lot of hate from people for my three seed in the Eastern Conference because I guess I'm a lot more high on them than other people are. And that's the Indiana Pacers. And just a heads up with the record, this is where I think that the Sixers and Bucks are so much better because I have the Sixers winning 60 games, the Bucks winning 58, being one and two seed. In the three seed, I have the Pacers winning 50 games. So, an eight game. Stretch between the two and three seed because I just think that the Sixers and Bucks are that much better. But the Pacers really watch out for the Pacers. I don't know why I'm getting hate for picking him as the three seed. Miles Turner is a exceptional center and he can do it all. He's not gonna hit you know three balls with guys in their face, but he's a center who can shoot the ball. His defense, he'll give you. Those solid blocks that you love to see on highly Rails. He'll put a few guys on the poster this year. So watch him. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who I think was a little bit of an underrated signing for them. Malcolm Brogdon is a solid, solid player. Pacers were able to steal him from the Bucks. TJ Warren coming over from the Suns. TJ Warren is another guy who can shoot the three ball when you need him to. His defense is there. He's, he's going to lock down guys if you need him to. DeMontis Sabonis is a name that I've seen on the trading block, which... I don't really understand because he he is a great player for them. He does his job. He plays the way that they need him to, and he does exactly what he can to get them to, to win games and keep them in games. So I don't know why his name's on the trading block. So watch out for his name. He could be moved if he is moved, depending on the return. It's really how I will see the Pacers. But this, so this is just you know excluding any trades or injuries at the moment. But Sabonis gets traded. If the return is less or something that I don't agree with, or if it's just picks, then I would drop the Pacers down. And I think that the extractor for them is going to be Victor Oladipo and how well he comes back from his injury. If he comes back into not even a greater form, if he comes back to the same form that he was before the injury, they'll be fine because Victor Oladipo is electric. He can dunk the ball. His three-point shot is... He's an underrated three-point shot in the league. He can shoot that, capable of catching fire at any moment. He'll hit three or four here in a quarter. So watch out. Victor Oladipo comes back fully healthy and the way that he was, if he comes back better, then really watch out. But if he just comes back to the way that he was before the injury, I really like the Pacers. Their bench is a bench that could go underrated. TJ McConnell coming to from the Sixers to go to be their backup point guard. He'll put his body on the line anytime for this team. Then you got TJ Leaf, Aaron Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott. So, I mean, oh, and their rookie, uh, Goga, who was, if you haven't seen that picture, he was sitting next to Zion Williamson pre-draft when they were doing all the interviews, and he was, no one was interviewing him, and everyone was on Zion and people said that that's going to be motivation for him. So watch out, Goga could be a guy that steps up for the Pacers. So I really like the Pacers as the three seed at 50 and 32. And for the four seed for the Eastern Conference, that's where I have the Celtics. And I just something about the Celtics, I just I don't love their team. I really I don't. I have them mean 48 and 34 being the four seed and. and I don't know, because they did get Kemba Walker, who's exceptional, and I'm happy that he got out of Charlotte, because that was just a whole mess, and that was just, it wasn't the right place for him, he was the star there, people loved him, but in terms of his career and winning, that was not the place that he needed to be, so he signed with Boston with that big contract, then they got Jason Tatum, who is exceptional, but I almost feel like it's kind of like a roller coaster with him, like, He'll give you 28 and 7. They'll give you 21, 6, and 9. And then he'll give you 25, 10, and 8. And then the next three games, he'll put up like 15, 3, and 2. And then he'll give you like 17, 1, and 6, something like that. Like just these stat lines, I feel like, are kind of up and down. And he's kind of all over the place. But all around, still, still a solid player for them. Gordon Hayward is just not himself anymore. I don't know if he's going to ever be back to pre injury Gordon Hayward. So, I just I'm not high on him at all. I had him in my fan team last year. was very frustrating to have. So, whether or not he returns to Utah Jazz, Gordon Hayward, that's to be seen. But going off of what I saw last year, I don't like it. I'm not big on him. Marcus Smart, he's gonna put up. He's gonna fight people. He's gonna get technicals. He's he hit this one three point shot like Steph Curry, released it and then turned around before even watching it, and it went in. If that's something, that, if he gets a three ball then he could be really scary for the Celtics. And then their starting center of Ennis Cantor, who came in, and I just, I don't know how he's going to be. I think that when he goes against a guys like a Brook Lopez, like he's not going to be able to guard that three ball. I think Miles Turner is capable of you know roughing him around a little bit. I think that Joel Embiid is so far much better than Ennis Cantor that Joel is going to eat him up when they play the Sixers. Their bench... Their bench is kind of, you know, questionable. Jalen Brown, I don't really even know what to say about Jalen Brown anymore. He was a starter. He fell out of their starting rotation. Who knows what he's going to do. He's He'll give you a couple of electric plays here and there, but he's not going to be anything that you're going to be super excited about. Robert Williams, Grant Williams. They got uh, Carson, Carson Edwards, actually, is a guy who... You know, Marcus Smart, or Kemba Walker go down. You put Carson Edwards in that starting position. Watch out, because the dude can light it up. And the Sixers originally had him, and then traded him to get that they had to trade him to get up to get Matisse Thybul. So their bench all over the place. Obviously, they got the talk of the country in Taco Fall, but he's on one of those contracts where he can only be up with the Celtics for a total of 45 days. So interesting Celtics team. I don't love them. I think they'll be middle of the pack. I think they'll be okay. Not very high on them. I still do have them being the 4G because I just think that the the west of the east, the rest of the east isn't as strong as people think it is. Below them, I have the Brooklyn Nets, 45 and 37. Really really interesting team here. Obviously, they'll be a lot higher up in predictions for next season. Do have Kevin Durant. He is not projected to play at all this year. And if he does, it would be the very, very, very back end of the season. But I do think that he's just he's done for the year. So we're not even going to act like Kevin Durant's on this team. So Kevin Durant aside, they do have uh, Radunas Kuroks, Kuroks. I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. But I've heard some good things about him. According to lineups.com, Joe Harris is a projected starter. With KD being down with that injury. Three-point shot contest winner. Can catch fire, one of the more, more underrated three-point shooters. Probably not anymore because of what he was able to do, but can shoot that ball really well. Karis LeVert, who is someone, he, he was a solid, solid college player, and I think that he's going to continue to play well and be a solid player for the Nets. The center position is the position for the Nets and I think is a battle that I don't really understand because they signed DeAndre Jordan and they have not predicted being the starter. Me, personally, I love Jared Allen a whole lot more than I like DeAndre Jordan. He's younger. I think he's a better defender. I even think that at this point, he can score in the paint better. So, I don't really understand the whole DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen argument. Maybe it's just because of he's a veteran and Jared Allen's still one of the younger guys. I don't get it, but that's who they say is going to start. And then Kyrie Irving was one of their two big moves in the offseason Kyrie Irving can only do so much. We saw with the Celtics. He can only do so much with the team around him. Once Kevin Durant comes back, it'll be completely different. But I think that Kyrie Irving is obviously going to be the focal point for the Nets this season. Their bench, now their second team, really, if you look at it, could be like a starting lineup for, an, for another team. Like, Their bench players have some guys who could start elsewhere. I mean, Spencer Dinwoody is one of the better backup point guards in the league who could very well start somewhere else. I like Garrett Temple. Torrey and Prince came over. I originally thought that Torrey and Prince are going to be a starter, but according to my research, he's going to be coming off the bench, which he'll be one of the better bench players this year. Obviously, Jared Allen. If Jared Allen ends up being the backup center, I think he's the best backup center in the league, without a doubt, because he should be starting somewhere. So I think Jared Allen, best backup center in the league. Then Theo Pinson is a guy who will he will give you a play here and there, but he won't be anything they're going to be too, too excited about. So Brooklyn, that's five seed, 45 and 37 as their record. Obviously, next year with Kevin Durant coming back will be a lot different. And then as your sixth seed in the East, I have the defending champion, Toronto Raptors. Obviously, their team is not going to be nearly as good as it was last year because Kawhi Leonard left. I mean, them and 38 Starting lineup, it's still kind of similar. I mean, Kyle Lowry, Spicy P, Pascal Siakam, he got his payday that he deserved, and, yes, he very well did deserve it. Marcus saw Norman Powell, and OG Ananobi is a projected starting lineup. Who knows who they're going to actually throw in there. Maybe Serge Ibaka gets some starts here and there. They did get Rondé Hollis-Jefferson from the Nets. I'm sure that he'll see his fair share of starts. Fred Van Vleet is a, you know, really, like, he was, eh, he was okay. But then he came up big time in the playoffs. And his kid was born and he was shooting the three ball. And I, there's a picture of the blood coming out of his eye as he was putting his body on the line for them. So, I, I do like this Raptors team. I like them maybe... I mean, the Raptors, really, they could be a team that everyone's counting out because they lost Kawhi Leonard. I still think that they're going to make the playoffs. And they could get to the second round. Like, they could have a respectable defense. When you're defending your title, obviously, the ultimate goal is to repeat. But you're not going to win the title every single year. So, I think that they will put up a decent fight and that they could get to the second round of the playoffs this year. Kyle Lowry is still there. Their bench is, like, it's, it's there. It's got some guys. Patrick McCall, I don't know if he's going to have any real minutes, but he's won three championships. I mean, won three championships, but he's just happened to be on the team that's won the past three years. Um, Malcolm Miller, Stanley Johnson. So, I mean, they got some guys, but are they going to repeat as champions? Probably not, unless the first five teams ahead of them all have their top three starters get hurt, and or guys get in trouble or suspend their, something like that. I don't think that they'll be able to defend the title, but but hey, hey, crazier things have happened in sports, so don't say 100 percent they're not going to defend that. Just my personal opinion. And again, that's the six seed Toronto Raptors, 44 and 38. Seven seed, yup, Miami Heat, 43 and 39. Right below them, They're starting lineup projected to be Dion Waiters, Bam Adebayo. Don't sleep on Bam Adebayo. I think that Bam Adebayo is going to have a breakout year with the Heat this year, and I think that he's going to. Earned some money this season. And I think that he's really... I, I Watch out. Bam Adebayo might, is probably going to have a breakout year. And I think he's my pick for like the breakout player of the year. He might win most improved, to be honest with you. Then their point guard, Goran Drogic, who I feel like his name is on the trading block every season. I feel like the end of the season, it's like, oh, well, the Heat, you know, they're trying to move Goran Drogic. Where is he going to go? And for whatever reason, he doesn't go anywhere. And he just stays with the Heat. And then Kelly Olenek out there. And then their big name that they brought in, Jimmy Butler coming in from the 76ers, which a lot of people don't understand. The city of Philadelphia, was, you know, they were always tweeting out and saying, oh, like he wanted to go play for a championship contending team. Why'd you leave a team that's projected to be the one seed and go lead a team to the seven or eight seed and be on the first round of the playoffs? But, I mean, I, I didn't do that just because of those. I just, I personally think that the Heat are the seventh best team in the East. Because I mean, there's not there's not a lot to them outside their starting lineup. You got Myers, Leonard coming over. He's not going to give you anything really. James Johnson, he's gonna he'll play. Derek Jones will give you some high flyers. He'll probably be in the dunk contest, but he's not going to be anything that's going to keep you in games. Justice Winslow, he's there. What's he going to do? Who knows? And then Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero actually is a really he has been lighting up the preseason. Like, absolutely lighting up the preseason. It's nuts what he's been doing. And he and Matisse Theibel are two dark horses for Rookie of the Year. If Tyler Hero gets his chance to start or get respectable rotation minutes, he could be up there for Rookie of the Year. That's the only thing that I think might be an issue with Rookie of the Year for Tyler Hero is will he get the minutes. So that's something that I really think that you got to be careful with. And really watch out for. So that is what I think the 7th seed will be the Miami Heat at 43-39. and 39. And finally, eight seed in the Eastern Conference. I like the Orlando Magic finishing just at five hundred forty-one 41 41 I like their team. I think that they are capable of upsetting a couple of the top-seeded guys that I have. So I think that they, they might get a win or two over the Bucks and Sixers. Something like that. I think that they'll just sneak in to the playoffs. Their starting lineup really it's it's something to like look out for. I mean, Jonathan Isaac might break out this year. DJ Augustine is going to be a respectable point guard for them. Evan Fournier is capable at any time to give you five, six, seven threes. Aaron Gordon is a high flyer. Then their all star center in Nikolai Vucevic. I really really like Vucevic. I think he's a great player. Obviously, he was an all star. He can do it all. And so I do really like the Magic to be the eight seed. Here in the East. I think their starting lineup is capable of doing something. And maybe. I'm not going to say that they're going to do anything. But they could take a team like the Sixers or Bucks in the first round of playoffs. They could take them to six or seven games. If they're fully healthy and play up to their potential. And their bench is something that. I mean they may be one of the more underappreciated benches in the league. Terrence Ross can shoot the three ball very well. If Chuma Okiki comes back fully healthy, player from Auburn who went down the tournament against UNC, if he comes back fully healthy and plays the way that he was playing for them, he really could be a steal in the draft. Their backup centers between Ken Burch and Mo Bamba. Both those guys fighting for minutes It's going to be a fun one to watch. They were able to bring in Al Farouk and Michael Carter-Williams. But I think for them, if you know me, I still love the guy. I love him. I love his story. Markel Fultz is the X-Factor here for the Magic. If Markel Fultz can get back to his ne- to his college form, the Magic will be a good team. They'll be solid. I feel, still think that they will be a good team, but if he can get back to the way that he was when he was in college, obviously the Philadelphia experiment did not work out at all for him, but if he can get back to the way that he was in college, watch out because he even could win the starting job over D. J. Augustine at some point at some point and I've heard a couple guys say watch out for Fultz and that he's looking really well so I like the Magic as the 8C I think Fultz is the X factor for them here so those are my predictions for the Eastern and Western Conference but playoff standings 1 through 8 I'm not going to give you the rest of the standings because I mean no one really cares if you're not in the playoffs where you place so let me give you my NBA season award predictions for the players who I think is going to win what award MVP I, re- I re- like James Harden he should have won, in my opinion, last year. I think that Russell Westbrook coming over is it going to take some points from him? Yeah, it, it will. But I think that Russell Westbrook coming over only makes James Harden better, and because I think he's going to get more assists, and I think that that's going to you know open up the floor more for Harden, because that's another guy that you really got to watch out for. If he's driving to the rim, he's going to kick it out. Harden's going to hit the three. So my prediction for MVP this season is James Harden. Is that subject to ta- to change depending on how the season goes? Absolutely. But preseason, I like James Harden as the MVP. Rookie of the year, a lot of people are going to say Zion Williamson. Dep- I, don't, I don't like his chances just because of his health alone. And I think his weight is going to continue to be an issue. I like John Morant with the Grizzlies. I think that he's going to be the best player out of the draft this year. Long term, full season, full careers, excuse me. I personally think John Morant will be the best player out of this year's draft. So give me John Morant for Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I got Joel Embiid for the Sixers. I think that this is the year he's going to win that award. Maybe even multiple awards. I'm not going to say which ones, but I think that Joel Embiid could win Defensive Player of the Year, and he's my pick. It's probably going to be between him and Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is in that discussion every year. But I like Joel Embiid, Defensive Player of the Year. Most Improved Player, this could, this could shock a couple people, I got DeJounte Murray. I think DeJounte Murray is a very, very exceptional player. It was a shame to see him miss all of last year because of injury. So give me DeJounte Murray, Most Improved Player, and I think he's going to come out. I didn't have the Spurs in the playoffs, but I think that DeJounte Murray is going to lead that team the best he can and play exceptionally well for them. And at six man of the year, no question, I got Lou Williams. I think that he's just going to continue to do what he does. As a 6th man, I don't think it's going to be much of a competition. So that's who I have winning this season awards. MVP, James Harden. Rookie of the year, John Morant. Defensive player of the year, Joel Embiid. Most improved player, DeJounte Murray. 6th man of the year, Lou Williams. Those are the player awards. My NBA Finals prediction is going to shock nobody clippers sixers i got the top two seeds in my mind battling it out in the finals i really like the clippers to make it out of the west i love the sixers out of the east and i think that that this would be one of the most fun nba finals to watch in a long time i think that the sixers would love to get another shot at Kawhi leonard I think Paul George battling down the road with a guy maybe like Simmons defensively, or even like Josh Richardson playing hard against him. I think it would be fun to watch Landry Shamet playing the team that originally drafted him, and then they traded him. So Landry Shamet can shoot the three ball exceptionally well if need be for them. Patrick, be- seeing a guy like Patrick Peverly and Joel, I think that you know, despite them probably not going to cover each other. I think that they would go out and and probably both get techs at some point. I think that both benches would play well. And I just think that a Clippers-Sixers finals would be exceptionally fun to watch. And I think that it would go seven games because both teams' defenses would be mind-blowing. Just exceptional. And at the end of the day, I think that the Sixers will beat the Clippers in the NBA finals in seven games. So I think that this is the year... That the process is officially in motion, all completed, and they get their championship. I think that this is the year that the Sixers will get their championship. And give me Ben Simmons as the Finals MVP. Because I think defensively, he will play just the way that he needs to be. I think offensively, he'll have the passing, the rebounding, and I think that his shot will come full circle. And that it will be where it has to be for this team to get over that hump Of not being to the finals. And I think that this is the year. That the Sixers will win the NBA Finals. Over the Clippers. In seven games. So that is my 2019-2020 NBA season preview. My pick for the top eight seeds in both conferences. The NBA season award predictions. For MVP, Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. Most Improved Player. Sixth Man of the Year. And my finals prediction. Which once again is Sixers over Clippers in seven well thank you very much for tuning in with us i know it was a little bit of a longer podcast than i usually do but that is because it was a full season that i was previewing for you here for the nba go out and enjoy the nba season it starts tomorrow night with raptors pelicans go check out our instagram bushy baller brand we have a new store it's only up for a limited time right now uh, I, you can go on. The link is in the bio of Bushy Barber on Instagram. We got hoodies, long-sleeve shirts. We got sweatshirts. We got crop top Not crop tops. So we got um whatever those things, the sleeveless shirts. We got those coming out. So go check those out. You can click the link in the Instagram. Go buy those. They're only up for a limited time. You will get whatever you order by Thanksgiving, because it's kind of like a campaign thing, so everyone orders as much as they can, and they're all sent out at one time. So go check out that store. It's on bonfire.com. Just look up Bushy Baller Brand if you don't have Instagram. And go check out our website as well, bushwhite1234.wixsite.com slash bushyballerbrand. Go check that out. we got multiple blogs up. We're still working on the YouTube channel trying to get that together. Thank you so much for all the support that you're giving us. Thank you for giving us a listen. Go check out that store. Get your Bushy Baller brand logos and everything. We got a new logo out. Throwing it up on the Instagram, so you can go check that out. Go check out the store. Get all of your Bushy Baller brand gear so you can support us and show us out. Thank you for giving us a listen, and we would love all the support that you give us. And don't forget to tune in next week for the Bushy Baller brand podcast. I've been on some different all this swag, I'm dripping deep.